was listening to uh, Josh and Brittany, and thank you, by the way, for honoring them this afternoon. And, and then with the change offering this morning, Sharon and I would like to say again as well, thank you for your love and presentation of cards and gifts and all that went along with our 50-50 celebration. We are humbled by that, and we never want to take that for granted. Josh and Brittany were talking about how uh, things began to happen when they came to the realization that God was directing them to a place of ministry, i.e. to plant a church, was one of the things, or in fact, assume a leadership position uh, of a standing church. It just so happened that the pastor that they grew up under, uh, Ken Owens, there in uh, Greenville, uh, had decided to retire after 37 years uh, there at the church. And of course, uh, in that journey, you, you have to make a decision. And that first decision with Josh and Brittany was, Pastor, uh, we are, um, you know, we're looking at transition. And, um, and of course, the tenure here had come to an end. And see what happens, see if God's in it. And what happened was, as they became obedient to the Lord, the different doors began to open for them that could not be explained. In other words, they had more doors opening to them than, uh, it's not like one door open, but several doors open. God, which door is it? God, how did you do that? And then, of course, when it came time to say, we need to sell our home, it's time to do that. In just a matter of days, they, they got one of the most courageous, aggressive realtors in the area, which is my granddaughter, Taylor. <laughs> and in a matter of about 30 days or so, their house sold and they closed on that Friday. And then the door completely opened because already in planting a church, a number of young individuals from around the nation that had influenced them and they influenced here on the campus at Victory Church. They connected and said, hey, if you're going to plant a church, we're going to leave the city that we're in and we're going to come and join you and we're going to plant that church by the grace of God if that's what God does. And then out of nowhere in the area, not far, 15 or 20 miles, the Greenville First Assembly, of course, called and said, we want an interview. And so they interviewed. They, they liked Josh. They liked Brittany more. <laughs> and the reality is, then they extended an invitation to say, we want you to come and candidate. And when they announced his candidacy as to be the candidate that they believed to lead their church, coming out of Victory Church with a great reputation, they knew that they knew that they knew. And as we had lunch with them on Friday, they said, there's no doubt God directed our path. God gave us wisdom. God gave us favor. That's how God works. That's how God works. You have to be careful. Let God lead I believe with all of my heart, this is why that I do not care for the word lucky or luck. Hopefully you know that by now. That says for a Christian follower of Jesus Christ that my life just happens by accident or by good favor or some lucky chance. That's not what the Bible says. What kind of praise does God get when you say that was my lucky break and God's responsible for it? God's not into the lucky business. 
He's into the divine ordained speak to you. And the Bible says the footsteps of a righteous person, right living person, are ordered of the Lord. Somebody say amen. So that's why I say, wow, let's give an amen to Almighty God. We are to walk by faith. This journey as followers of Jesus Christ is an exciting journey because often you don't get to see what the next step is. You just walk by faith. You take risk in some degree. In other words, you exercise your faith. And he says you walk by faith, not by sight. You walk by maybe not understanding, but you have this nudge in your heart, as Heather said. I was in the process. I have this nudge, something in my heart. And I I am absolutely convinced that that young 22-year-old woman has heard from God. How about you? Just as clearly as clear can be. And Lord, we know that God directs every area of our lives, but it happens often (coughs) supernaturally. This message tonight will talk about the divine intervention. There have been times in your life that God intervened in your life. The need of obedience is every single day. The simple trust in God. God is in the business of keeping his promises, every single one of them. God is in the business of divinely guiding you. How many has ever known for a fact that God divinely guided you? May I see your hand? Divine guidance, not by just happened, it just happened. It was a God thing. God is in the business of happy endings. And God does all things well, especially for those of us who follow him and said, okay, God, My time is up as Josh and Brittany came, and we need to go here, and you don't get nervous about it. You have that calm feeling. You you keep the faith. You, You forget the clock and say, God, now, we're flowing in the will of God. We're flowing in the river of great expectation. We're flowing in the divine intervention. God, all we know is this. We have heard from you. We don't know which way it's going to take, but we're going to trust you. Jeremiah spoke up in Jeremiah 29, 11, you know I have plans for you and declares I have plans to prosper, not to harm, plans to give you hope and give you a future. How many of you still believe that? Say a good loud amen. I believe that with all of my heart. And tonight, right now, will be new beginning for some of you in this room. And some of you watching online right now, it will be a new beginning. God is going to clear the cobwebs out of your mind. He's going to take the, the question marks out of your heart. And God is going to speak to you directly before this message is over tonight. It's a time of fresh anointing and, and renewed commitment. Isaiah 61 verse number 3 says, Why should we succumb of, to the spirit of heaviness? When we trace the oil of gladness and the garment of praise through Christ. In other words, knowing what you know, knowing who God is, understanding divine direction, he says, why should you ever succumb to a spirit of heaviness? When the trace of the Holy Spirit is resting upon you through the garment of praise for Jesus Christ. It's high time that we got our hanky back in our pocket and begin to raise our hands and praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and bring glory and honor to him. Here's what we have that Abraham have. We have a covenant trust. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a covenant trust. A covenant trust. Not a contractual trust, but a covenant trust. That is, hey, doesn't matter whether you fulfill your end of the bargain or not. God says, my commitment to you is a covenant trust. 
Genesis 24, 7. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land who spoke to me and promised me on oath, saying, to your offspring, I give you this land. I believe Heather's heard from God that that there are some on the University of Florida campus that are lost as lost could be and is yet to show up on that campus that God is going to give her a promise of reaching some of those students and their lives are going to be dramatically changed. That is a covenant relationship. He says to him, to your offspring, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. Abraham having a conversation with his servant. Abraham is old and he's ready to die. He served well. His life has been full. He is extremely wealthy. He has favor with his people. He's at peace with all of his enemies. Sarah, his wife, has died and he's continuing to live, waiting for the sun to set in his own life. And he has one focus, the key and the hinge to seeing the covenant come to pass. And it is this, his son, his promised son, his tested son, has to have a spouse. Isaac needs a wife. The Bible says, he who findeth a woman. He that findeth a spouse. Have it your way. He that findeth a wife, findeth what? A what? How about it, man? Findeth a what? Turn to your spouse right now if she's close and say, you're a good thing. You're a good thing. Findeth a good thing. Isaac, why? Because the time for the transference of the generation rested upon Isaac and his seed. Finds a wife, what? To complement his future. Abraham hears from God. He knows, I'm old, the sun is about to set, and I have a trusted servant that I have invested in, that I have mentored, a trusted servant that I have given him the key to my heart, and I know that he will not fail me. And he calls that trusted servant. He summons him, he tells him to go to Naor. And he says, I want you to look because God will reveal to you to find a mate for Isaac. Abraham declares to his his servant the covenant that God gave to him. He said, the Lord God of heaven gave me an oath and my offspring Isaac and all the land will belong to him and he will multiply my seed through my son. Servant, this is critical. It's key We cannot make a mistake. Many people have dreams for the future. I trust you do. Many people have desires for the heart. Many people have goals for which they are believing. And some of them, if not all, are yet to be realized. And may I encourage you, that prayer request, that is a dream, 
that prayer request, that is a vision for you, do not give up on it. Continue to nurture it. Continue to seed it. Continue to pray over it. Continue to believe in it. Heather, I want you to know, I'm here to tell you there was a time in that young woman's life that probably pursuing ministry was a long way away from what she wanted. And the reality is, as she told me in the ready room, but God showed up in a marvelous way. And I want you to know I am charged up and ready to go by the grace of God. Aren't you glad tonight that there are still people, especially young people, who can hear from God and say, God, I'm standing on your word. It is the desire of the enemy, however, to create circumstances in our lives, causing us to focus on unmet expectations as opposed to the covenant promise of God. Satan will cause you to have what I call tunnel vision. That's narrow-mindedness. That is a focus that says nothing else matters, but God will challenge you to say, hey, here's the big picture. I want you to focus on the big picture because here's what tunnel vision will do. Tunnel vision will bring stubbornness. Tunnel vision will reduce your future to your present disappointment. Tunnel vision will cause you to limit to God, to time and space. If it doesn't happen now and it doesn't happen then, then it's not God's will. Tunnel vision will reduce your faith to just your feelings and your emotions alone. Tunnel vision will tie the hands of a supernatural God. That's tunnel vision. But the big picture will cause you to look beyond your disappointment. The big picture will cause you to believe today could be the day of expectation that are being fulfilled. The big vision will enlarge your faith and your future. And the big picture as you look will provoke God to increase his blessing upon you. Abraham said, I know what my foundation is. And it is this, I will trust the covenant that God has given me. Why? Way back, Jeremiah said, I have plans to bless you and not harm you. Abraham said, I'm standing on my covenant. But listen carefully. If you have achieved one covenant relationship and one promise of covenant relationship, that's only the beginning. There are other covenants that God has to be fulfilled in your life. But listen, how wonderful it must be for a young 22-year-old girl graduated from college with all kind of honors to be able to have the flexibility to make a decision to say, I'm going to give a year to ministry there on the campus. And you know what? That's a wonderful feeling. But what if God were to speak to you like he did Wayne and Tammy Brown who were in the service this morning with little Rebecca. And Wayne was an IT guy at Publix making great money on a great insurance program with a gal like little Rebecca in a wheelchair. The reality is she wasn't supposed to live past five. She's well over five, 15 or more now. And an admissions trip that we were in, I don't know Honduras, it doesn't matter. God spoke to Wayne, said, I want you to resign your job. I want you to give it up. I want you and your wife, and I want Rebecca and your family, I want you to become missionaries. Can I tell you something? They fought tooth and nail. Because even the World Missions Department of the Assemblies of God said, you've got this little gal we don't know if, where, where you may go. There's a hospital that would treat her. We don't want that liability. It's a real challenge. 
As a result of that, they served down in Miami for a while with life publishers down there proving themselves. And then after realizing, and those in authority realizing, this couple's serious. They didn't just do this because of some lucky situation. They are all in. My friend, finally, you know they have been in many wonderful, wonderful places, and Rebecca is doing better now than she's ever done. What if God were to tell you in the midst of your vocation, leave what you're doing and go out and become a missionary? Can we be that flexible in today's culture? Number two, there has to be purposeful obedience. I believe in the covenant of God. I stand here tonight, and we gave wonderful accolades to you, but it's no accident. I look back on my life and the journey that we took in last week in the video. Boy, I know when I moved from here, and I remember what God said to me here. And God, I just was obedient, and I, I in one situation, I said no to an open door. An open door that said, we want you. We want you to come. We want, we want you to be our leader. We want you to be our pastor. We want you to be our preacher. And yet, in my heart of hearts, I said, God, I don't have a release to do that. And I had to tell this congregation that it voted 100%. We can't come. It's not God's will. We just can't do it. And then I remember in another pastor, it was difficult, so difficult that more than one time during that tenure of four years, I prayed, God, get me out of here. If you don't mind, open a door, let me get out of here. And I even knocked on a few doors and said, God, I'm tired of being here. But in spite of all that, when I would go to prayer, God said, no, you stay in here, son. This is where you're going to need. This is where you need to be. You cannot leave. Finally, I got to the place and said, all right, God, if this is where I'm going to be, I'm going to give it more than I've ever given it before in my life. And it was only after I submitted to that that God opened another door after four years. Can I tell you something? Look back in your life and say, how did I get where I'm at today? How did this happen? How did I go through the problems that I went through? How did I go through a divorce and then go through loneliness and go through difficulties? And now I turned around and tonight have a beautiful spouse in my life. God, how did I get there? We have children. And it goes on. Why? Because of purposeful obedience. It said, then he prayed, the servant, oh, Lord God, my master Abraham, this is the servant praying, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. You talk about loyalty, that servant was loyal to Abraham. Abraham's trusted servant given specific instructions by Abraham. Give me an oath of commitment, Abraham said. I want you to place your hand in that oath and understand you, the most critical assignment you've ever had is to find my son a wife. She should not be from the Canaanites. She, of course, give me one of our extended family. I don't desire that Isaac go with you. Wow, God will move supernaturally. If the woman you find will not return with you, then you are released from the oath. Abraham's servant, be careful on your journey. There are times when you have room to be flexible, and there are times when you have room to lollygag a little bit. But there are times when God gives you a specific ordination and a specific instruction, and he says, there's no wiggle room on this. You need to pay explicit attention and do exactly what I ask you to do. Don't let your emotion get in the way. Don't let someone else's opinion get in the way. Keep your eyes on the target and do not, do not waver in this commitment. And that's what he told that servant. 
unbelievable understanding the obedience of God do not violate this and God does all things well he was obedient to God's word the servant and he was obedient he was obedient to Abraham sometimes our own worst enemy happens to be the person that you see in the mirror sometimes in this journey we may require more than God requires sometimes in this journey we may have disciplines that we've aborted well God you know I was super disciplined about that I was really engaged in church really engaged in devotion really engaged and, and Lord I'm, I'm kind of backed up listen the minute you back up on your spiritual disciplines is the minute you begin to vacillate and you'll lose your passion for God you may lose your focus and expectation always believe God has big plans for you always remember Jeremiah 29 11, and then you may not be available to listen when God speaks you may not be available to put your cell phone down and say speak to me God I'm convinced if people today would give God a third of the time they spent on their cell phones revival would break out in the church of Jesus Christ it would happen Abraham placed the fulfillment of his covenant in the hands of the trusted servant. And the obedience of this servant became the key to fulfillment of Abraham's future and Isaac. One man, one person. I promise you in Heather's life, she can point to a specific person or persons. It won't be a vast majority and say, that person helped me stay on focus when I wanted to vacillate. Number three, we must be divinely led. Speak, Lord. I want to be divinely led. In the places of transition in my life, God spoke clearly, without a doubt. Oh, there are times in our life when we let God lead that we want to get in the way. We want to say, God, I had enough. I want to throw the towel in. But listen to me, friend. Every decision that you make will take you somewhere. So I pray your decisions will be thought through and spirit anointed that it doesn't take you somewhere that the enemy wants you to be for the purpose of failure. Peter failed to listen when God coached him, or Jesus coached him, during the time of the foot-washing ceremony, he told him explicitly, but Peter had to wander out out of his curiosity. Genesis 24, 18, drink, my Lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. And after she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have finished drinking. This, in that culture, should have never taken place never she was at the well when women were not supposed to be at the well should have been done earlier in the day abraham's servant wasted no time traveling for days to get to nahor he arrived in the late afternoon and just waited at the well if you want to know and see the activity of the rush of people, go to the entrance of the gate where people come in and out of the city. Go sit there and see everybody. 
In this case, the well is located a ways out of town, and he waited at the well, and he prayed for God to give him expedient success. In other words, he knew this was more than just a routine journey, more than just a routine assignment. This has God's divine anointing all over it. He prayed specifically for the fulfillment. Before he could finish praying, Rebecca walked up. He asked for water. He was a stranger. She made a mistake. She wasn't supposed to do that. But when the supernatural touch of God is working, you'll do a lot of things sometimes that will be out of the natural law that functions only in the supernatural. Only in the supernatural. She asked for water. She drew him water. She went beyond the call of duty. She said, how about your camels? She drew water for all of them. Rebecca was exactly what God desired for Isaac. She met every requirement for the plan of God. God's in the business of fulfilling what he says he will fulfill. And look at the possible challenges. What could have went wrong? Isaac never saw her before she was declared his wife. He could have said, hey, If you're going to get me a babe, at least get me one. Get me one that when she looks at me, she can, both eyes are focused on me. You know, get me one that is a model. Get me one that's good looking. You know, got all her teeth in her head. That's what I'd like. He didn't have a choice in that. He could have said, I don't want that. I mean, Samson did. The servant could have dropped the ball. What if he just said, eh, you know, I need a vacation. I deserve this. What if he'd been late and missed her at the well? What if he decided to stop along the way to play the lottery? What if he'd been late and missed her? What if she was having a bad day and when the servant said, could I have some water? And she's having a bad day, so get it yourself. I don't know you. It's not my job to give you drink. Don't you know that? I'm not even supposed to be here. The servant went to a well. It wasn't a place of affluence. What I'm trying to encourage you to see under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Being led by God sometimes is fragile. Sometimes it's testy. Sometimes the enemy will load you up with a lot of good stuff. But in your heart of hearts, where God resides, you realize that all looks good. But that's not God's will. You see, you can be led by the Holy Spirit through the power of conviction. And in this case, it was happening perfectly. The observation of the servant when Rebecca arrived, here's what he did in Genesis 24, 21, without saying a word. The man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord has made his journey successful. What was he doing? Asking God for the spirit of discernment. You cannot rush discernment. You cannot rush hearing from God. You cannot rush, thus saith the Lord. There are times that we have to be still and say, speak, my Lord. And then it says in Genesis 24, 26, because she more than met 
what she needed to do. The man bowed down and worshiped the Lord, saying, Praise be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. What did the servant say? I didn't do this on my own. But God, you have shown me favor. Having God's favor is not accidental. Having God's favor and saying, God, I need your favor in this situation. It's not the way it works. It's God, I got a situation here. And I need you to speak to me as to what, if that's what you want me to do. And if it is, and I follow, I need your favor. I need you to speak. Heather Ryan will take a year of her life. She will never reclaim it. She will never relive it. She will never think twice about it. She's made a commitment to slice a year in a crucial time, putting the continuation of her education toward a master's or doctorate on hold. For what purpose? So that someone who may show up that's lost from the Middle East, that hears the Word of God, that could possibly be a potential terrorist, but because the gate is open for someone being obedient, the love of Jesus Christ speaks to that heart. And they come to realize that Allah is not Jehovah. Amen. There is a difference. You never know what the benefit of that is. And so we pray because we know that in Abraham's case and his servant's case, Sarah went to her family. She packed up. They did not give her a bridal shower. Are you listening? She packed up and she went back with someone she didn't even know because God resonated in her spirit. I have a higher calling than what my own comfort is and my will and my way. Don't forget that. Don't forget that as followers. Let's get lean and mean. Let's get fleshy from the standpoint, not, not fleshy in a bad way, but fleshy that we're willing to roll the sleeves up and say, I'm going to get sweaty. I'm going to do the will of God. And watch what God will do as you are divinely led. He will give you wisdom in critical situations that will change your world forever. And you are never too old for that to take place. Let's give the Lord a clap offering, would you? And would you stand? Would you stand? Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight because I know you spoke to my heart and I know there's some listening online right now that are in the throes of decision. They're in the throes of determining and trying to determine what shall I do. There are those in relationships that they know that relationship is not of God. And they seem to be hooked as a result of that relationship. Give them release right now in the name of Jesus. 
Let them be able to push back a relationship in their heart of hearts that they know that's not right for their future and not right for their own Christian experience. God, give them wisdom and give them stamina. There's some, they're about to make an investment in something that they think is going to bring dividends quickly to them. But yet they have that check, and it's not just the fear of putting a lot of money in one place. That check is from the Holy Spirit. And God, if that's your divine will, if that's your divine will, then it will come to pass, whether now or later, if we act out of obedience. I'd rather act out of an act of obedience and believe I'm doing the right thing and miss the mark than to question God and not make the decision because God when that happens you give us grace and said your motive was pure I'm going to reward you for that act of obedience I pray you'll speak the lives here because in the balance of some in this room right now and listening online they're big old decisions and then there are those little steps that will take us to the big door where the giant opportunity awaits. But we know this, that in many cases in the Scripture, when the giant door was there, i.e. the promised land, wow, we made it. But there was one angry river, the Jordan River, that stood in the way. There's the door of promise, I see it. But what about Jordan? How do we get across? How do we make it there? I can see the door, but in every situation, often before the big promise is given, there has to be a fight that takes place of one's will and determination that will say, I will not be denied. God, one way or the other, we're going to go over and claim our promise. Do it in Jesus' name. I pray for those who might be listening right now in their home, in their marriage. God, it's very difficult. And stubbornness might be in the way and might be justifiable stubbornness. It might be that they believe that this is the way it's supposed to be. But if it's not, God, they don't need anyone else speaking. They need to listen to the Holy Spirit and be obedient to God. And get a peace that passes all understanding. They need to be divinely led. This is what I know that I know in my heart of hearts that I am to do. The enemy is the author of confusion and unrest. Give peace that passes all understanding. And now, God, there might be some here and listening online whose heart's not right with you. That's step number one, having a pure heart asking for forgiveness so everybody just in case i'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer with me right now can we do it together dear lord jesus, dear lord jesus forgive, me. forgive me i have made a mess i've gone in a different direction and i need to come back home receive me do not let me get caught up in my own dreams that may be not your dreams give me grace give me stamina and give me wisdom to make the right call to be divinely led in Jesus' name. Amen. How many believe God answered prayer? Amen. We're going to sing this song. 
Here's what I believe with all of my heart. This is a giant step for some of you in this room. This is a giant step for some of you listening online. And those of you that are listening online, I'm asking you, communicate with the church. Let me know. Make it to my attention. And let me know what happened to you. And those of you in this room, this giant step that God is speaking to you about, this giant just act of obedience, be careful to take it and let God speak to your heart in a way that brings the promise of God's favor into your life. And if you need prayer for that, you slip out of your seat with all of your might and say to the enemy, you're a liar. I'm going to be obedient to God. If you need healing in your body, you come down, he will heal you. As we sing, make your response right now. Would you do that? We'll wait just a moment on you. Here we go. Give myself away, oh Jesus. Give myself away so you can use me. Give myself myself away so you can use me give myself away let's lift up the Lord in prayer shall we thank you Jesus give myself away so you can use me give myself away hallelujah I give myself away Worship everybody. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm longing to see your desires, your desires revealed in me. So I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. All right. I don't have the liberty to be able to say, let me give the benediction because I'm waiting for someone special to God to respond. I don't know who you are. I don't know if there's one or two, but I know this, for God to hold his timetable up in a church, for you to have the privilege of making your mind up to respond to obedience is a big, big thing. We're going to sing the chorus one more time. Don't be embarrassed. If the Holy Spirit is nudging you, it's the enemy that'll keep you in your seat. Rebuke him in Jesus' name and slip down to this altar right now, right now. We sing again, we're waiting on you. Would you do that? Waiting on you, here we go. Oh, I give myself away. I give myself away. I 
Father, I thank you for your grace and your word. We've been obedient tonight as Abraham's servant was obedient. He was a key player. Abraham put the covenant becoming fulfilled in the hands of one man that he trusted. It was a servant. A servant who was obedient who did everything that he was supposed to do when he was supposed to do it. And God, he knew that when Rebecca walked up, he saw the hand of God move in his behalf. When he asked her for that drink of water, he knew that you were there, Jehovah. He knew, and he bowed down and he said, thank you for honoring the covenant of my master Abraham and honoring me as well as a follower. Bless every person, every family. God, people need to be saved. May we not come to church anymore without bringing someone with us. May we work hard every week encouraging people, come to church, come to church with me. God, may we do that, that's an area that we need encouragement in, that there are lost people that need Jesus. God, bring them in. We bring them in. Bring in the sheaves. So touch and let it be a week of active evangelism on our part. And we show up next week with someone that's a prime, prime candidate to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Now bless us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I love you, everybody. Be friendly to one another, individuals that you don't like, okay?